On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stokes. Still Stokes. Well, oh, that's brilliant play by Anthony Stokes. Outstanding finishing. Hips up back at level terms on the stadium once again. Today on the Indo Daily, Anthony Stokes, the ex Ireland and Celtic star who's been arrested twice in three weeks. A Republic of Ireland and Celtic footballer appeared in Dublin District Court this afternoon facing charges of assault. Anthony Stokes is accused... Anthony Stokes was meant to be the next big name in Irish football. He joined Arsenal as a teenager and was brought to Sunderland at age 18 by none other than Roy Keane. Throughout my career there's always been off the field issues. There has been bits and pieces, but I just hope they judge me on the pitch and my performances. Stalking charges, close associations with real IRA figures and a nightclub fight brought him from the back pages to the front pages. Footballer Anthony Stokes has been ordered to pay €230,000 in damages to an Elvis Presley impersonator he assaulted in a Dublin nightclub almost four years ago. Now Stokes is back facing the courts again in relation to driving and drug charges. Off the field issues, you know, and I think a lot of the times they can be blown out of proportion as well. That's my personal life, that's for me to deal with. And I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by the Irish Independence football correspondent Dan MacDonald and Niall Donald, who is a regular fixer on our Crime World podcast, to take a look at the footballer's career and where it all went wrong. Niall Donald, we're doing a podcast around a soccer player, an international footballer who's been at a string of clubs across the UK. And yet I find myself with the deputy editor of the Sunday World sitting in front of me. Yeah, um, I suppose Anthony Stokes is over the last 10 years has graced both the front pages and the back pages of the Sunday World, which is probably not where sports people want to be in the front pages of the Sunday World in all fairness. Um, But of course, he's back in the news this week. Anthony Stokes was arrested on more driving charges uh, earlier this week at 3am. He was uh, arrested on suspicion of of dangerous driving after a Garda chase, a 20-minute Garda chase is what it's been described as. And of course, he's due up in court later this week. Um, That was his his for separate driving charges and also in relation to alleged drug uh, offences. So he's been arrested twice in three weeks um, after being chased by Gardaí, which is not something that every Irish international can say. 
and of course all of that has to go to court and, and that'll play out and the legal system will decide uh, what charges might sit. But Dan McDonald, Anthony Stokes, we should probably be talking about him alongside names like Damien Duff and Robbie Keane because he was once seen as having that potential and I think people often forget because he ends up on the front pages. The string of clubs that he's been at has been pretty impressive. Like even when I when you hear the name Anthony Stokes for me, like you're initially sort of transported back to just hearing that name going around in your head as this player that's coming up. Like, you know, if you're following football in this country, there are these names that you hear about them long before you see them on the pitch. You know, you, that people involved, immersed in the schoolboy scene, talk about these players that you know, they could be 12, 13 and already there's a buzz around them. There's a couple that spring to mind, like Robbie Brady would have been one. Um, Evan Ferguson, who's like the man at the moment now, again, would have been talked about at a very, very young age. And Anthony Stokes was very much in that category, viewed as potentially you know, the, the best schoolboy footballer some people had ever seen in Dublin. Um but where did it all begin? Well, he went. He he would have played like when he came to prominence. Really, he was playing underage with Shelburne, um, and at that point, um, this was the time where you know you'd have the English clubs coming to the door, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He had his choice of wherever he wanted to go. Manchester United and Arsenal were the two, the top two in the Premier League at that time. You're talking the early two thousands. He went for Arsenal. Liam Brady was um, over at the Arsenal academy at the time. A lot of promising young footballers from from Ireland were going to Arsenal at that stage and Stokes was very much the one everyone wanted and was w- almost waiting for. His reputation preceded him before he even kicked the ball in a football pitch as a as an adult. Like 2006, Stokes goes on loan um, from Arsenal to Falkirk, scores a lot of goals. Um, you know, he's just suddenly everyone, like he's, he's, uh, he's picking up young sports star awards. He's given interviews. He's quite articulate, you know, speaking with a bit of perspective. He had a, he had a, a column in the Irish Daily Star, you know, a weekly column about, uh, you know, our boy in Scotland. And they were clearly very much of the perspective, you know, let's, you know, this is the guy we need to follow. We're going to be following him over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and, this was the beginning, you know, he looked exceptionally good, a lot of the attributes as a kid, good with both feet, you know, just very naturally gifted footballer, makes it look very easy on a good day. And you're thinking, okay, there was a slight concern at that stage that the Arsenal thing didn't quite seem to be happening, you know, that they were willing maybe to let him outside the door. And then that sort of rings uh, you know, mini alarm bell. But then there's this real buzz around him in Scotland. Celtic are watching him. He obviously ends up there later. But Roy Keane is going to watch him, who has taken over at Sunderland, the big Irish invasion at Sunderland. And Roy Keane goes to Arsenal and pays the money to bring Anthony Stokes to a Premier League club. And we think, OK, this, this is, is the next step. And this is a, a fantastic move for him. And let's be honest, I, I know Roy Keane's managerial career may not be uh, the best part of his his CV, but it was a huge deal at the time and it was the Irish supporting the Irish. And Roy Keane doesn't suffer fools. Well, no, I think in hindsight, uh, you would have to say that someone, with Anthony Stokes, who would maybe have a sort of a, a questionable history as regards discipline, ending up in a Roy Keane dressing room, possibly wasn't the best marriage. Um, and you can always talk about sliding doors moments for all sorts of players and, and you know, would a, a more sympathetic figure at that stage 
would things have turned out differently, I think that sometimes can be generous to the player too. Um, but, but Anthony Stokes went to Sunderland. He had the sort of the, you know, the the dyed blonde hair, the, the highlights, the bit of the look, the, that footballer swagger about him, um, which is fine if you're doing well. But then if you're struggling and you have a situation where the odd issue towards the end as regards you know, timekeeping, discipline. I mean, Anthony Stokes gets banned from a nightclub called The Glass well, that's Spider. It. Tell us about the lifestyle that he started to engage at. I mean, <laughs> a slight issue you would have in football in terms of players going to the northeast of England, without meaning to like cast aspersions on an entire area, is that there's not a huge amount to do. You know, and that this has always been a problem actually over the years of players at Sunderland Newcastle. Um, you know, the social life up there is quite vibrant. The clubs are a massive deal in the community. If you play for Sunderland, you are a big celebrity in that area and you go out for a couple of drinks, you get spotted. They, there's traps that they fall into and Anthony Stokes fell into those traps, you know, in the sense of just enjoying the social life and being caught and, and being snapped and again like in some ways a lot of this stuff is trivial in, the, in, in, in terms of what we're going to talk about like this is almost nothing this is in fact just like the classic growing pains of any professional footballer with a lot of money at a young age some people handle it and can sort of cope with the distractions some people don't and he did sort of fall foul of some of those traps but again in the greater scheme of things that you were just thinking well this is just a young lad who's a bit daft you know, would maybe, any of us be maybe, any better? How, how would we have handled that situation? Yeah. He had some good times at Celtic, but possibly never really got back to the heights of that time at Falkirk, at Falkirk. and that buzz and yeah. that he suddenly developed that little bit of reputation that can follow you. So he he gets a third chance though. Arsenal was the first chance. Sunderland was the second big chance. Celtic is the third big chance. And in fairness, he had quite a bit of success at Celtic. But Niall... It was around that time in kind of from 2010 onwards that he also started to hear his name pop up. Probably not stuff you could write in the paper at the time, but he he starts to get into trouble or mix with the wrong people, you could say. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you remember back at the time in around 2010, a long, complicated story that we won't go into, but basically the real IRA uh, in Dublin started to put a lot of pressure on on people involved in drug dealing and in other crime. And some of these real IRA people, including Alan Ryan, who was the, described as the head of the real IRA at the time, were spending a lot of their time in the players' lounge um, in Fairview, which was run by uh, Anthony Stokes' father, John. And that became uh, the, the, a place in which there was a shooting occurred as this as this tension grew and grew. Um, there was uh, an innocent doorman in the players' lounge was shot. Uh, he had nothing to do with paramilitary activity or anything like that. As this kind of a feud with a, a gang from the Ballyfermot area got out of control. And um, John Stokes, uh, Anthony Stokes' father, describes himself as a Republican uh, famously put up a banner saying the Queen was barred from the Players' Lounge in 2011 when she was due to come over. And Anthony Stokes was associating with these people, Alan Ryan and these guys. Um, so uh, ultimately Alan Ryan was shot dead by a, a drugs gang. There was a commemoration was held for him in, in, in a bar in Crumlin. I was actually there myself uh, in, a, in a Jeep taking pictures as... Some of these uh, real IRA guys went into it. It was these. Some of these were very, very serious criminals, and um, very heavily involved in paramilitary activity, involved in murders, 
Um, and Anthony Stokes also appeared at that event and uh, ultimately appeared in a social media picture. So Anthony Stokes obviously knew the Rhines in particular, um, but it didn't go down well with Celtic at the time. It became maybe an even bigger issue over there. Um, Neil, Neil Lennon was the manager at the time and gave him a slap on the wrist, I think, for it. And, and well, he, he said he learned his lesson, but he was clearly very unhappy about the, the press that it brought down on Celtic and the questions. Yes, and there was also... At the simul- sort of in a simultaneous time, he was he was reportedly Anthony Stokes turned up worse for wear at a training session. I suppose with the history of Celtic and and you know they've run a lot of campaigns against sectarian chants and and all of that and Neil Lennon's all also his own past, you know it didn't ring well for them. Now Anthony Stokes would ultimately stay in touch with the Rhines and we had pictures of him in the Sunday World on holidays with them together. Um, obviously, Alan Ryan was shot dead. Then Vinnie Ryan, his brother, who was also on that holiday, would be shot dead. Mm. And so, he, he wasn't ashamed of of that relationship. But he, we'll, we'll come back to some more of that in a second. I, um, around the same time, Dan, I want to talk about his Ireland career because quite famously... He essentially walked out on Giovanni Trapattoni in, in around 2011, didn't he? Yeah, so this is uh, like it overlaps and he would have been at Celtic at this stage. Um, and like, his Irish career to me, it's almost like it didn't happen. It was possibly more of a style issue in the sense that maybe how he played as a footballer, how he operated, was never likely to really fit into a Trapattoni team. And I think Stokes possibly would have known that, but he was around squads and not playing and then it came to a point um, in 2011 where there was actually a lot of issues that summer with um, players pulling out for various reasons um, and Stokes was one of those. Um, there was and, a great yeah. quote from Trapattoni when he was asked about this mm. and he was complaining and he basically said in his day this sort of play acting didn't go on but there was if you're asked by the national team they must go if they're in hospital or they're dead then that's okay <laughs> but if there's an injury they need to come and see our doctor I just thought that was like classic Trapattoni but it, that's the place Anthony Stokes p- pitched himself against this guy who at the time to be fair I know the football wasn't particularly pretty but Trapattoni had the backing of the Irish people at that yeah, stage. Yeah, 2011, very much so. Um, and that was it as well. And like Trap, I think once you you cross him like that, you're, you're, you're not seen again yeah. in, in that context. Not, caps. Nine caps, I think, yeah. in total. Though. But part of that, Niall, then, was probably all the other things he had going on because talk to me about 2013, two big incidents that year. One being the link with the Johnny Mad Dog Adair and the other being a row with an Elvis impersonator. The row with the Elvis impersonator probably sums up uh, Anthony Stokes in a sense uh, because it seems to have been a row over nothing um, in, a, in a pub in Temple Bar in, in June 2013. It seems to be somebody spilled a drink, nothing in particular, something silly. The victim ultimately described it as. Uh, the victim was a guy called Anthony Bradley, a well-known Elvis impersonator. And Anthony Stokes uh, headbutted him um, breaking his teeth, leaving him with very, very serious injuries after, it, you know, he, he seems to have been a row over spilt drink and Anthony Stokes came out of nowhere and attacked, attacked him in an unprovoked way. Um, it took a while to get to court, as these things do, but ultimately he was convicted of assault. Blackburn Rovers and Republic of Ireland player Anthony Stokes was given a suspended sentence at the Circuit Criminal Court earlier this month. The 28-year-old had pleaded guilty to what his own lawyers described as a nasty and cowardly assault. 
he sustained very, very serious injuries. And I suppose you could look back on it and think that this this was a kind of a, a an example of just very, very self-destructive behaviour. I mean, Anthony Stokes at this time is obviously hanging around with people that, that most people wouldn't, but to describe him as a serious criminal, that wouldn't be the case. It's this chaotic sort of behaviour. At the same time, the, the victim in that case eventually actually sued him in the civil courts as well yeah. and the judge ordered a payout of over 200,000 euros which so is, like which that's is, a hefty payout yeah and as you know yourself you, you get the payout in, in these compensation cases it's based on the injuries you receive like he obviously suffered a broken nose and other injuries but he also seems to have affected a back injury that he had it, it actually stopped him working he's a very honest guy actually Anthony Bradley he's spoken to various papers over the years um, he's actually spoken about forgiving Anthony Stokes and all of this but you know he seems to have really really had a devastating impact on his life and as these things can these sort of random attacks out of nothing um, ultimately uh, he brought him to court Anthony he still hasn't got his money is is what the point uh, a decade would be. later a right. decade later and obviously in order to recover that money and it, because it's a civil case it's not mandated by the state as such he'd have to pursue it i i doubt anthony stokes has the money to 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 hand over at this stage and obviously anthony stokes spent the next few years after the the conviction outside of the country. Well, well, let's talk about some of his other incidents. I mentioned the Johnny Mad Dog Adair yeah. very, very briefly. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy, <laughs> he popped up in a very um, serious court case, um, a guy called Antoine Duffy, who would have been a very uh, dangerous and, and feared uh, Republican, uh, dissident Republican. Um, he was, at the time, he was on trial for an attempt to, a plot to murder uh, Johnny Mad Dog Adair and another very serious loyalist uh, called uh, uh, Sam McCrory. Sam McCrory, who died recently, actually. So, in in the run up to this, um, MI5 bugged this guy Antoine Duffy. Antoine Duffy was trying to buy a, an AK-47 to carry out this double murder. And during the bug conversations Antoine Duffy had with his girlfriend, he spoke about attempting to meet um, Anthony Stokes in a pub. Um, you know, he was trying to get a message the court heard to his father. Um, so it was a kind of a, this is in the Brazen Head pub in, in Glasgow in 2013. Obviously, this is just a one-sided bug conversation. The Stokes can't be blamed for that. You know, anybody can say anything and, and obviously nothing arose from it. It's fair to say that, that some of this conversation may have been motivated by the fact that, that the Stokes were, were known to Alan Ryan and people like that in Dublin. But not, not where you want your name to be dragged into if you're a, a pretty successful footballer. Let's get more recent, Noel, because in 2019, he admitted carrying out, I think what can be fairly well described as, a, a, I'm sure for the victim here, a terrifying stalking campaign against an ex-girlfriend. People talk about Anthony Stokes, people that I that know him, that I know him, and they describe him as kind of an idiot and har- maybe sort of, sort of suggesting he's harmless. But I suppose the more sinister side comes out in this court case in 2019 when he was banned from contacting his former partner and her mum and handed a four-year non-harassment order, which is not something we have here, but it's basically he admitted stalking and he wasn't allowed to contact them. Initially, the sentence was was deferred, but he seems to have continued to breach it and continued to send abusive messages. 
you know, send messages to her mother. Um, ultimately, uh, he didn't appear in his most recent court case in connection with it, and a warrant was issued for his arrest by a Scottish court. Um, Anthony Soak's obviously not in Scotland anymore. So it seems like the, those two women went to court repeatedly, gave very clear evidence and spoke about the the, the damage and, and the, the how much they suffered from it. And it is, it is uh, you know, a sinister thing, I think. Dan, in recent years, he has been playing not in Ireland, not in Scotland, not in the UK, but in much further afield. Yeah, he went on the circuit, you know, which players sometimes go on where you, you sort of go... We call it nowadays the Ronaldo circuit. Well, it's a sort <laughs> of... A, this is the more off-Broadway version of it to some extent. Um, I mean, he, he had a time in, in Greece. Um, I think in particular, like these short-lived stints in Iran, which um, preceded the lockdown... Um, you had two different goals there. Um, I mean, and club football there is huge, like, you know, massive crowds, big money going around the place. But all of these moves seem to be in various ways, short-lived issues over him, not returning back from scheduled breaks and so on. And really, you step back from it and um, they are probably consistent with the actions of someone who who is maybe not in the best place financially relative to you know where you might expect given where they've played across their career. It was clear that he had to make career decisions financially at that stage rather than football related matters. So yeah, he just we went off um went off on a sort of a a path from which it's 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 very rare that it ends with your your football career being rehabilitated at that point. I mean he um in recent Years, I think last year, um, there was talk of him then linking up with with Shamrock Rovers here. But when the story came out that he was even training with them, um, it caused a bit of a storm for the the, the case that Niall references in in Scotland was ongoing. He was turning up training every day, giving his best, but. The, the baggage, they couldn't the take baggage on the, was too great. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't take on the risk of that, particularly no. in the time we live. Final and very quick question then, Dan, which kind of comes from that. If, if you were writing the book of Anthony Stokes, what will he be remembered as? A footballer who perhaps didn't reach the heights that he should have or a criminal? That's a good question. I'm conscious that like Niall has talked about some very serious things there. And I think for people who have been on the wrong side of, of these episodes, like, you know, to, to almost talk in sympathetic terms, you're, you're conscious of that striking the wrong tone completely. But I, I, what I would say is you meet a lot of footballers at a certain stage who you realise that they've never really known normality. Like did that from the age of sort of you know fourteen, fifteen, like they've been thrust into a world where they, they you know they have hangers on, this entourage that comes with them. Um and as they get older, you know, some people come to terms with it, some people don't. They make bad decisions, they make worse decisions, and it exacerbates and sometimes their personalities don't develop in the way that they should, uh, their responsibilities don't develop in the way, their their sense of of knowing what's right and wrong. And that's not like that's not to, to give them a pass. You know, I know people who, who know Anthony Stoke who'd have good time from, but that doesn't excuse like this, this unfortunately this this rap sheet which is stacking up to answer your question I think it's always going to be a bit of both because let, let's be honest if he wasn't the footballer some of these exploits wouldn't be making headlines at all and to me behind it all it's just a sad story I think and thanks to Dan McDonald and Niall Donald for joining me today I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound design by Graeme Davison. 
Archive clips were from RT News, RT Sport, BBC Sport, BBC Scotland, The Premier League and Independent.ie. If you want to hear more of our award-winning journalism, you can visit independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts.